0: Data Storytellers on other long-awaited episode on the Data Storytellers podcast. Today, I'm speaking to Alex Dragon uh, from Four Seasons. And uh, I remember I connected with Alex last year. And uh, I think even in our first conversation, we already talked about him potentially coming on the podcast. It's been months, maybe almost a year since that happened. So I'm glad we could finally make it happen. So Alex, welcome on the show.
1: Thank you. I'm glad that we made it happen and uh, I remember that conversation and I joined the masterclass, uh, quite an interesting experience. So very excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then we followed up after you attended the masterclass, had a bunch of good conversations and I just wanted to explore some of those things now on the air and share the fruits with our community. So first of all, how did you get into the world of analytics? I don't think I have asked you that question. So it's a good way to start.
1: It's a good way to start. Maybe I should start with the disclaimer. Um, so I want to make sure I state that uh, I am not speaking on behalf of my employer, forces in hotels and resorts, and uh, these are my own and uh, personal opinions. Um, how I start in analytics? Uh, about twenty years ago, um, I uh, decided to go to business school, uh, but I did a lot of coding in uh, in high school. Um, I graduated in Europe a business administration uh, university and. Uh, I moved to Canada with kind of both a business side and a bit of a technical side. Um, And um, I worked for a few years in uh, marketing analysis across few industries, both in Europe and Canada, um, including construction materials, uh, manufacturing, and uh, uh, wholesale publishing, tax, and software development. And about 15 years ago, um, I know it sounds like... uh, a very long time ago, I joined uh, Four Seasons uh, Hotels and Resorts as a marketing analyst. And I built my career in this company. Um, my first job was uh, guest, around guest analytics and uh, web performance, web analytics. Um, and uh, I moved into competitive benchmarking, uh, moved to revenue management fields there. I did uh, Bit of distribution analytics and pricing. I was part of the team that developed the first enterprise BI tool for Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts. Um, I took over uh, sales analytics, um, and I was also part of the team that launched a new brand new CRM platform for the company. Um, I managed the uh, marketing performance uh, via hotel scorecards and corporate scorecards, and. Um, The big opportunity came in 2021 when uh, our senior leadership decided to make some strategic decisions and clear some technical debt and invest heavily in data and analytics, recognizing it as a foundational enabler for uh, the company's strategy. Um, And it's been really fun, a great inflection point. Uh, uh, We defined our data strategy, we created a solid operating model We moved our analytics infrastructure into the cloud um, and uh, added some good resources to support multiple lines of business. And uh, also, in parallel, we internalized some of the capabilities like data science and data engineering, um, which we've done previously with third parties, and um, uh, formalized the data governance strategy as well. So, quite a long journey. How I ended up, how I ended in. And analytics, I think, is just a good mix of business and uh, uh, technical. And then how I ended up in four seasons, uh, I would say by accident first. And then I fell in love with this amazing company, with the people and all the amazing uh, uh, experiences and uh, products that uh, uh, we have uh, around the world. Mm. So
0: you seem quite invested in their success. And of course, I I'm, I imagine that you wouldn't want to take too much credit, but what role did you play in that uh, strategic decision that they made? You know, I mean, even as a marketing analyst, when you joined, like uh, from your perspective, how did you contribute in making the company more data-driven, even when you were not the senior director of, of data science analytics? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, look, I, I want to take as much credit as possible. At the same time, I recognize that... Uh, Uh, I think uh, by really putting in a lot of hard work and developing a small team at a time and uh, showing uh, small wins uh, around the organization across multiple areas, across multiple uh, departments. I think the strategic uh, decision was done, yes, I will take some credit because they have recognized the importance of analytics based on uh, um, uh, past work that uh, that we've done. At the same time, the company reached a maturity level that uh, showed us that there are significant opportunities uh, for growth, uh, not only in the hotels and resorts, but uh, even beyond that space. And for that, we want to make sure we have a cohesive and consistent uh, data strategy um, to enable the commercial strategy of the company.
0: Got it. So maybe a good segue into some of the topics would be that, you know, I reached out to you, I think it was last year, so 2022. So why did you join the masterclass? Like, it probably connected with, uh, and I do remember with some of your uh, focus areas at the time. So some of, some of the things that you were excited about, interested in to explore more with your piece So what, what were your main motivations actually joining at the time? Where did you want to really develop your career? And what were some of those areas that you thought that there's even more opportunity for uh, for you guys and for you as a professional?
1: I think I um, I made a joke uh, with you back then. I said, uh, this is free therapy because you get all these individuals in your area. So you have a great opportunity to, to uh, vent and discuss about current challenges and current opportunities. But setting the joke aside it was a really amazing opportunity to to connect and uh, i actually kept in touch with uh, some of the participants and uh, really understand that uh, we do have the same challenges at, and at the same time same opportunities ahead so lots of good opportunities to learn uh, for all of us
0: absolutely and actually i did then follow up with uh, you know a bunch of you and uh, uh, we're creating some content including you just like Scott, uh, Ranajay, Anand, like a bunch of you guys, like really good insights. Now, what were some of your insights after the masterclass? As we as we spoke, and I think we spent some time on what were you some of your favorite learnings, your key takeaways, and this might actually even connect to what you see as the biggest challenges and opportunities right now in the industry. So, what do you think are some of those hotspots?
1: Quite a few, and I think the masterclass was uh, really good um, uh, place to validate some of the observations I've had over the years. Um, we we are getting to an interesting uh, point in this industry, where we're seeing the data complexity keep uh, growing. So I think we have more than more data than we've ever had. And I think with uh, everything is uh, becoming digital and uh, with the proliferation of digital uh, data has increased exponentially. Um, now analytics is not about analyzing, uh, simple structured tables. It's semi-structured, it's unstructured data. Uh, now we can analyze not only text, but the numbers we can analyze text images, videos, um, and, uh, even, you know, my company, we probably have a hundred applications in the hotels, collecting data on a day-to-day basis. So imagine the complexity of the data has grown significantly, which comes with some challenges. And the challenges are data quality and integration. So the, the bigger the data gets, the more difficult it is to maintain the quality of the data and to integrate multiple data sources. So maintaining that across uh, the multiple data sources, the multiple uh, data assets, remains uh, a significant challenge, in, in my opinion. And um, the integration piece, um, requires really specialized skills and um, also very careful planning and execution, I would say. Mm. Another trend I'm noticing, um, you know, the complexity of the data, number one, the advancement of analytics techniques. Um, We are seeing an unprecedented growth in that area with machine learning, artificial intelligence, uh, natural language processing, while in the past we were talking about the simple regression um, or uh, algorithm, now AI and ML um, uh, is, is very prominent. And I think that gives opportunities for organizations to get deeper insights um, into their performance, into their guest space, um, gives opportunities for more automation um, and uh, more uh, make more accurate predictions. On the downside, uh, you create a perfect storm because you cannot keep up and uh, there's not enough uh, skilled workforce. And um, I talked, that was one of the themes in masterclass, where in many markets, there are not enough uh, skilled uh, data analysts, data scientists, and uh, other professionals. And um, maybe 10, 15 years ago, you were looking for a unicorn that can do everything, but things got pretty specialized now. So you need to um, get more specialized resources and uh, finding, attracting, and also retaining talent uh, with good expertise in uh, analytics. It's difficult in in my opinion. Another theme I'm also seeing, um, I think it started a bit, before COVID, but it's continuing. It's uh, around uh, data privacy and ethics of the data. Um, so the data has increased exponentially. And now we have to navigate to a lot of uh, regulations. Uh, it's not only GDPR. I think that was a trailblazer, but now we're seeing significantly more uh, privacy laws around the world. and. Uh, um, we have to comply and uh, that adds even more complexity, not to the data itself, but in how we utilize the data uh, from an analytics perspective, but also personalization activation um, as well. So again, careful planning and attention as I, as I mentioned before. Um, so those probably in my opinion are the big ones um, Um, Other themes, cloud, everyone's talking about cloud. Be careful, it's not gonna be cheaper as everyone pitched that cloud idea as uh, on-prem to cloud. It's a money-saving opportunity. I don't think it is, but it brings a lot of sophistication, a lot of additional services. Uh, uh, I think it helps really with democratization of uh, um, analytics uh, across the enterprise. And I think those two are playing a significant role into uh, increasing the data literacy, and by increasing the data literacy of the organization, I think that is the next step into becoming a a true data-driven organization. Mm -hmm. So I know lots of, uh, (laughs) lots of themes. I took a bunch of notes,
0: and there's (laughs) so so much to explore here. So. No, no, that, that's a great uh, panorama, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, we spoke about a bunch of these topics. I even have some that we did not mention explicitly here just yet, but you know, I have it in my uh, have it in my pocket. But before we get into that, so you mentioned data quality and integration first as like a big challenge. Okay, so is this challenge like a purely technical? Issue or from from your perspective, uh, there are other elements in this, and how heavily is this purely about? Okay, look, we just need the right technology, we need the right service, or is there something in the way of not getting the right data quality with the integration that you want, other than purely the tech?
1: Oh, it's it, it's both, absolutely. Um, so technology is, you know, how we get there is the vehicle that takes us there. But think about an organization that collects data um, every single day, like uh, an unnamed hospitality player, uh, leader in luxury hospitality. Um, We collect data across a hundred applications every day. And uh, um, our focus is on offering uh, an amazing uh, experience. uh, And um, most of the time the uh, people responsible for entering the data are some of the most junior uh, members of uh, of that outlet of that uh, of that unit, right? And uh, um, there's a lot of guidance, and uh, they are. Being pressured to offer that exceptional experience, and uh, I think we need to, to balance that quite carefully because that has a significant impact on how we offer the further experience and the further personalization opportunities when the data that's being entered is not accurate. Um, so the challenges with quality of data, I don't think it's technology. I don't think it's people. I think it's a it's a bit of both. It's both with technology and people and and process. That's why building a solid data governance strategy, um, anchored um, uh, solid in in the overall data strategy um, is is, uh, critical. Mm.
0: What were the keys? So when you think about governance and creating that governance strategy that will actually have traction that people will actually comply with it won't introduce too much friction in the organization what have you seen as the keys for its success and maybe some of the pitfalls that either you experienced or heard from others
1: um well i think it's uh it's how you build your data governance uh, uh, strategy first and uh, there are a lot of uh, decisions that you have to make up front that uh, are supporting that. So you need to have a solid operating model to support data governance and uh, um, good executive support um, and executive buy-in, executive sponsorship. Um, You wanna make sure you have, you apply general frameworks to your company because all companies are are unique. um, And uh, the policies, the procedures, the standards that um, govern um, Makes sense for uh, for the for the company, and uh, it's not really a one size fits all. Um, also, data quality management, and uh, we want to have the ability to to ensure the accuracy, the completeness of the data. So, you know, having a good uh, data quality program and uh, being able to measure uh, the results of your data quality program is uh, quite fundamental. Um, privacy and security, ensuring all teams come together uh, to protect sensitive data. Our guests, our customers are handing us a lot of sensitive data and uh, uh, the legal teams, the IT teams, uh, we, have to, we all have to come together and agree that uh, um, that data is our guests' data and uh, we have to protect it from unauthorized access. Um, and the nitty-gritty things that are probably not the sexiest things in a company, but data classification and data cataloging, um, which you know a lot of analysts feel that that's, uh, that's a bit of a drag on, on their work, but I we push our analytics resources to uh, spend 10, 20% of their time to ensure everything is properly documented. We have the right classifications in the system, we have the right data glossary, that the right data dictionaries. Um, and then all other areas, you know, the partnership with IT to ensure the lineage and traceability of the data. And we, that all builds into that, uh, notion of single source of, uh, of truth. And, um, um, it, it's, it, again, it's people, technology and, uh, and process, uh, you want to make sure you have the right, um, uh, the right structure with the right, uh, um, level of ownership and and stewardship uh, around the data. So I've seen it going very well in some areas where the business was supporting it. And I've seen it not going well when data governance was uh, just a set of policies or um, a set of standards and uh, no follow up on um, auditing and ensuring the implementation. So it's not a big bang activity. It's not a huge launch. We have launched data governance. I feel like data governance is uh, truly uh, day-to-day, uh, very tactical, uh, once you build your your framework, it's a very tactical day-to-day uh, activity that leads to uh, those higher level objectives.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes uh, perfect sense. And you mentioned, uh, I think of the first thing, uh, the operating model. And this is something that we we spoke about a lot of our community members are interested in this like okay with the operating model um and analytics operating model i assume that that's what you meant is like am i doing centralized should i do decentralized is it like and spoke and i think you had a take on this so would you just introduce your perspective on this particular topic what kind of operating model should you choose and
1: some of those experiences Doom, doom, doom! drum rolls, right? It's not gonna be a drum roll moment because I think it's all different. It's all different and it's all based on the company's uh, structure, the goals, uh, the culture of the company. And uh, um, you have to take all that in, into account. Um, I think all models um, have, you know, obviously companies are, are using um, centralized models, decentralized. I can just tell you a little bit about my journey and I feel like when I started, um, it's been a fully decentralized model. And in a decentralized model, you feel like everything is moving super fast and uh, it has a lot of good advantages. You're building, building good technical expertise um, in 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 the domain, the data domain. Uh, you, are, you have the analytics teams embedded into the business. You uh, ensure there's close collaboration. Um, So good advantages, but also huge disadvantages. And those are around um, data governance and standardization. You have no opportunities to do that properly. And uh, also you don't have the advantage of having a central team coming up with the right processes and uh, um, ways of working. And uh, you end up with some departments doing a really amazing job and some others not doing a great job and you create unnecessary competition and you create unnecessary drama. And uh, um, I, I think that's that's challenging when the organization is not truly data-driven, the decentral, decentralized model probably uh, not great. Um, the fully centralized model um, in a large organization, um, in theory, has a lot of advantages. Um, you, know, you have the best optimization of resources, um standardization is all at the top so everything uh, um uh, it's facilitated at at the center you have great knowledge center uh, sharing but the challenge is you need to align with the business so in a fully centralized model um, it's important to establish those strong relationship and partnership with the business you need to understand their specific like, needs and priorities so the centralized model works when you have Absolutely crisp and sharp strategy, and all business domains are running in the absolutely the same direction at the same speed, and I, I love that. And I feel like we built that um, in, in my department. I represent uh, um, the commercial team at, uh, at the Forrester's corporate office, and I feel like I do have a centralized model within the commercial department where the resources are are part of my team. And I have central resources around data governance and data engineering and data uh, science, but I also have business partnering where I have analysts embedded into each business unit. Um, So the centralized model really works in in that uh, environment. Um, The hub and spoke uh, um, is, you know, portion of the capabilities are sitting at the center and the portion of the capabilities sit in the business unit. I think as the companies get uh, to a specific maturity level uh, in terms of data and analytics, uh, my personal view is uh, a large enterprise would benefit, uh, a large enterprise with a good data-driven um, um, mindset uh, probably would benefit uh, best from from a, hub and spoke model because you are controlling uh, the key capabilities at the center. At the same time, you are uh, really pushing for innovation and creativity, which most of the time happens in the business unit.
0: Hmm. And then also that presence in the business unit that kind of sense of camaraderie, I think that's how uh, Brian from, from Pepsi, we did a podcast and he was one of your fellow attendees, that's how he mm-hmm. branded it. It's a like kind of like a, a Lean Six Sigma term. That's how you can develop that. And that's how usually you can actually acquire that understanding that is required to do innovation, to actually like push the envelope. And you mentioned something that's also critical in that uh, formula. And this was the second thing that you pointed out was executive buy-in and sponsorship. So what did you find was the key for you to get that buy-in, but also to sustain that buy-in constantly to make sure that these senior stakeholders whose support you depend on are constantly engaged?
1: That's a, that's a loaded question. It's a really good question. Um, how do you get executive buy-in? Well, I think there are multiple... <laughs> lenses to that it's it's how you show value of your organization so you're not pushing analytics is not something you push out and say hey i have uh, amazing new products uh, it, it's something that uh, um, you're an agent of change in the organization and how you do that is through uh, constant education um, and then in terms of uh, methods um I can give some examples in, in my areas. You want to make sure you always uh, bring case studies and success stories forward and being able to demonstrate tangible benefits and outcomes. And that really um, positions the analytics teams for success because they should be able to talk about the business benefits, not about the model performance or uh, the quality or the responsiveness of a particular dashboard. So we we need to bring success stories tied to analytics. We need to uh, talk about business outcomes tied to analytics. Um, we need to be able to demonstrate that we can uh, uh, generate uh, proof of concepts with the team and, uh, uh, you know, fail fast forward. Uh, you know, you can fail, not everything that uh, you're trying uh, will uh, will have uh, a positive outcome. But if you're running this small scale proof of concepts, um, again, you are showing the feasibility of uh, analytics initiatives. And uh, before you spend millions of dollars and you build a waterfall um, a plan for five years, and then you, by the time you deliver the product, uh, uh, the leadership is not no longer there, uh, you should be able to, have a very strong gating process and run things through agile and really bring this concept of uh, 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 quick POCs that demonstrate business value. And then as you see that things are getting more mature in the organization, uh, you bring the level of monitoring um, at uh, executive level and ensure you have the right dashboards in place and you have the right insights for the executives. Um, where they they should see that their strategies are being measured accordingly. They are being measured, they are being monitored, and providing that information in a visually appealing format um, can quickly get the the impact uh, of of your initiatives. Um, Storytelling is another way, uh, another key element, and uh, storytelling and analytics uh, should be best friends. Um, They are not, unfortunately, sometimes because of the level of specialization of some of uh, the analytics uh, resources. And that's where I invest a lot of time and uh, resources to ensure our analytics uh, leaders, managers, are um, good storytellers. And they understand um, that being able to tell that story to a business audience will make a significantly uh, better uh, impact so with storytelling uh, you want know, to build communication presentation skills um and then uh, you know last but not least i think 10 years ago everyone was talking about bi and developing the pixel perfect uh, uh dashboards and i think that's still important um data visualizations tools are important um, my point of view it's the agility probably is more important than building uh, uh, a dashboard that uh, will last for the next 10 years reality is everything is moving extremely fast this day so you want to make sure you choose the platform that uh, allows you to build uh, uh, visualization compelling tools um, that um, you know you can build them fast and uh, um, you can deliver fast to 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 your um, to your users so those are is was that the question i, I went on a tangent of, of it, it, it of- was a
0: huge question and you gave a, a a really cool answer actually addressing multiple aspects of that of that you know large enterprise of okay, how do i keep these uh, key stakeholders engaged and i think you treated this from multiple angles um with the uh, with the proper depth and, and respect so i appreciate that thank you uh, and actually you, you mentioned a few very interesting things there so And I'm kind of drawing a connection here between you mentioned this issue with, look, it's really hard to get specialized workforce, especially now with the the demand uh, on data quality, but just in general, the multiplicity of tools. uh, First of all, can we clarify what you mean by this highly specialized workforce? What kind of specializations are you referring to here?
1: Um, I think it's... uh... Well, it's multiple lenses as well but what I was referring to um, is truly really around the tooling that uh, you are um, you know we all went most of us went to cloud technologies and those technologies are um, expanding and uh, uh, moving so rapidly you got to keep up with that so um, in a in a market like Toronto where uh, I'm located uh, it's uh it's quite difficult to uh, find uh, Microsoft Azure data engineers or um, uh, data scientists that have experience uh, with uh, uh, a a specific uh, ML technology, I'm not Mm -hmm. gonna name it, but a specific (laughs) ML machine learning technology. So, um, you know, you have a large pool of data scientists that uh, grew their career as researchers, maybe market research, their PhDs, uh, they don't have the experience of productionizing the models, and that's critical now as we're moving all this technology into the cloud. Uh, so that's what I was referring to when when I talk about uh, um, highly specialized. I think it's the technology that you are signing up uh, in terms of uh, cloud that will uh, uh, inform your hiring decisions. Mm-hmm.
0: So when you mentioned storytelling, you kind of did that with um, almost like the caveat of, look, with my managers. I always make sure that they can tell these powerful stories. I um, just had a conversation about this also with one of your uh, fellow participants, Rana Jai, from Citizen Watch. And we zoomed in on that a little bit. So would you, with those highly specialized uh, uh, people... On your team, would you still see the benefit of making them more well-rounded with skills in business understanding and, and storytelling and soft skills and communications, or do you think it's actually worth keeping them highly specialized and maybe maybe even more specialized on that one dimension of tech? Uh, that's that's the first question, and I will have a follow-up question on that.
1: I think I, I think I get where where you're trying to to uh, lead me. I think no, I'm not gonna force anyone to do anything i think it's all about where they want to be right because the field of analytics is no longer uh, you know i need the technical developers and i need users of the tool i think if you look back 10 15 years ago those are kind of the the two options but now in order to run an analytics department and to be a true transformational leader you need way more than that so I think I, I mean, I'm observing even within my teams um, kind of the level of interest of everyone, and I think it's important to guide them to the right uh, to the right place. They can become highly specialized. They can be a functional leader uh, because that's required if you are uh, in certain areas. Like if you're um, leading a specific uh, data science implementation, for example, but if you have also individuals who are trying to become more holistic leaders in the organization i think the traits and the skills and uh, um, their um, uh, exposure should be a bit different so your technical level should be reduced a bit and then other soft skills are coming in into into place
0: And actually, uh, like with this, it was uh, like, I tried not to lead the witness too much uh, because there are different leadership (laughs) philosophies uh, on that, right? And would you say that if someone would want to develop, so professionally develop, who has people who have the ambition to actually gain more and more responsibility, then would you say that in those cases, then that kind of complementary skill set is like absolutely crucial um now this is more like a leading question but i'm also also uh, go, going somewhere with that so from the professional development perspective also if you think about mm-hmm. your team where are you trying to push them where do you feel like the 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 bottleneck in terms of them creating more value from even their technical skills
1: i don't think it should be any bottleneck i think what i'm trying to communicate and uh, um to my team and even beyond my team to my peers and uh, also the executive uh, teams, um, data and analytics is really, uh, uh, it's a business transformation uh, capability in the organization. And my goal and my team's goal is to support the company strategy um, and to enable the organization to make Uh, decisions informed by data and analytics. And what's required, it's a very unique set of skills that you get out of not only one individual, but a full uh, team and, you know, strong leadership sits at the center. Um, You should have strong leadership in all members of your team, including yourself. Um, Also, I want to make sure we have clarity on our vision and uh, um, we have a strategic vision to support, uh, um, our, our, growth, um, but also the technical expertise that, uh, that we talked about, uh, also business acumen to be able to, to, to really drive a data-driven transformation in, in the organization. And if I can zoom in on a couple of this, um, I think, uh, a strategic vision is, uh, uh, critical in data and analytics. Um, you need to understand the uh, company strategy and the direction of the company because what you're delivering has to be aligned with uh, with the organization's uh, goals um, four seasons uh, we are a luxury a premier luxury brand uh, in, in the world and if you look at our ecosystem we uh, we have multiple constituents so we have the guest which sit, it sits in the center and we have to, um, to, to focus uh, our energies around the guest. At the same time, um, employees are critical because uh, a happy employee also has the ability to deliver great service. Um, our, shale- our shareholders are important because they are the ones that are making uh, decisions uh, to invest and uh, increase their exposure to, to the company. Also individual hotel owners are super critical for us because they are the ones that put their trust in the brand and uh, they want to generate uh, profit for their assets. And last but not least, uh, a great network of uh, business to business partners that are actually selling or uh, uh, Four Seasons on behalf of, uh, um, uh, they are selling the product on behalf of Four Seasons. Um, So it's a a full ecosystem. So you you need to have that strategic vision and uh, um, you need to be able to also articulate a roadmap for data and analytics because often you get someone that says, hey, I need this and this and this and this and this. So you got to take that and you got to be able to translate that into a roadmap because not all the data is available. Not all the data is in, in, in good shape. The data quality, data integrity, um, And you need to be able to go back to your stakeholder and say, this is great. I understand this is a roadmap. This is how we're going to get there. Um, And besides the the vision of analytics, uh, I mentioned uh, the leadership skills that I push my entire team to develop, and uh, whether it's through day-to-day work or it's through training. um, But you need to be able to inspire and motivate your teams. communication skills so important because you've got to have that level of translation. You've got to be able to take those numbers and move them into a good and cohesive and consistent uh, story. And also in our space, we, are, we want to embrace a learning mindset. We want to have people not spend 120% of their time being over capacity in full delivery mode. We want them to keep that 10, 15% to to experiment, to try new things. The business is changing. The world is changing. So how do we push innovation, creativity? And beside that, business acumen. I absolutely think an analytics professional should understand the business they are part of. You know, every single day in our hotels, you have guests that check into the hotel and. The only goal is to be in and out because they have a meeting next day. They're corporate guests, but you also have people that are here to stay for a weekend, uh, enjoy the facilities of uh, the hotel or the resort. Or you have people that come on the weekend and the only thing they want is a good place to sleep, but they want to go party and uh, go shopping on the weekend to particular destinations. you got to understand exactly how the business works and operates to build your data products and your outcomes to, uh, uh, according to uh, the business objectives. So business acumen is important. Um, And uh, um, another area that's uh, critical for middle uh, uh, management is change management and influencing. Um, We don't want to be data providers. We don't want to be the individual that sends an Excel file every Weak. there's no value in that that will be replaced by automation we want to be the ones that are partnering and be able to to change and influence the way um, uh, the various departments are uh, conducting uh, their business
0: yeah no, absolutely and uh, actually even when you mentioned the roadmap so okay how are we going to get there in and of itself that's a story right like you need to turn it into a narrative that will resonate with both the individual that you that you're talking to, but that business acumen comes in because that's the context. That's like basically both the vehicle and the environment where the story takes place, right? So all this needs to click, and without that, just purely like your you know technical acumen, which can build amazing things, right, it will fall on flat ears, or it will you know just won't generate the kind of value uh, that you're looking for. So that was really good, actually. The second part, so now we barely touched on the data quality and integration part, and it branched off from, uh, from from there. But you mentioned these advanced analytics techniques, so NLP, generative AI. So I'm conscious of our time, but um we have to talk about it. So with this new wave of chat GPT, generative language modeling, it's a whole new like burst of excitement and hype, which is not new to data analytics. And you know, it's like it's constant hype cycles. Uh, but where do you see the biggest opportunities in this and the biggest risks, specifically for data analytics professionals?
1: Um, so just full disclaimer, I'm not a data scientist. So um, I think if my uh, director of data science uh, listened to this, I have to be very careful what I say, because she will hold me accountable for what I say. And if I make any, any mistakes, I, I have to apologize in, in advance. Um, I, I look at all these advancements as, as huge uh, opportunities for all industries. Um, first, b- before we talk about ChatGPT, if you think about the role of data science, it's really to bring advanced techniques into interrogating the data. Um, with BI, you are very good, on, uh, you, you are in a good place uh, uh, looking in the rear view mirror, but with data science, you want to be able to forecast your business your, uh, you you want to make sure you understand the key groups of your customers or um, your hotels or uh, you know you got to do a clustering analysis natural language processing where you have all this incredible wealth of data across all systems where you will start getting consumer sentiment out of it so um i see all those being road mapped i see all those being uh classified and uh um grouped into use cases and, uh, uh, as I said earlier, being able to deliver proof of concepts because not all of them are prime time. And I don't think you are able at this point to fully operationalize every single model your data scientists will experiment with. I think what AI will bring to analytics in particular, so we know what analytics brings to the organization, but what is AI bring to analytics? I think that's another interesting topic because tools like ChatGPT and not only, I think will advance some of the data exploration and analysis. I think we can actually be faster and uh, we have started looking into that. We're not uh, too far ahead, but, we're looking into that, and I think uh, tools like ChatGPT um, provide a lot of opportunities into improving your data exploration and analysis. Um, being able to uh, coach and mentor the data scientists, um, and it's really you can uh, you can have a conversation with ChatGPT. And uh, um, I'm I read a lot of uh, white papers that suggest that. Uh, uh, leveraging the tool, you can actually improve your uh, coding. You can improve your ad hoc uh, queries. Uh, um, it seems like there are some use cases around data preparation and uh, data cleansing, which uh, I'm super excited to to explore. Um, but yeah, I think all these tools will uh, um, will get our data scientists in a in a much better place uh, um, and. Uh, I think it will be a significant uplift in learning and uh, skills development that we will observe in the in the next uh, two to three years due to the AI tools uh, like ChatGPT.
0: Mm-hmm. Now that makes sense. And maybe on the flip side of that, another topic that you mentioned that we need to spend some time on would be data privacy and ethics. So a lot of people do see this as... Uh, like a risk, uh, of course, uh, some people even like a stumbling block. Um, but a lot of people look at it as an opportunity for data analytics functions, especially in terms of, you know, taking ownership of that narrative um, and really turning it to your advantage. So um, with data privacy and ethics, what would you recommend for uh, data science and analytics leaders Uh if they want to prepare for whatever's coming. So how can you make yourself resilient in the face of the changes that are happening around uh, data compliance and, uh, and ethics? What is your personal take on that?
1: I would say two things you have to take into consideration. Um, number one, you have to abide to local laws and regulations and you wanna make sure you're not breaking any laws. And number two is, uh, always put your customer, put your customer in the center, see what the customer truly wants. And if you feel like you're leveraging the data in a way that the customer might disagree with, and you're not doing the right thing, you will always have to put your customer in the center of your decision-making. And that's how successful companies are really evolving over time. Um, As leaders in in this space, we have to prioritize the uh, ethical data uh, practices. We have to prioritize privacy. Um, And we have to to advocate for responsible use of analytics. Um, I probably have one conversation a week with uh, uh, various uh, uh, stakeholders where I have to explain why, um, it's not that I don't want to do a particular thing, but it's not the right thing to do. Uh, so responsible of use of analytics. So, as a leader in analytics, you have to be a champion of fairness of the data. Of uh, you have to be an unbiased decision making leader, uh, transparent, and always keep that in mind. The data has to be used uh, um, ethically. You have to put your customer in the center. You have to always be in compliance with uh, with a relevant. Uh, regulations. And uh, another interesting, I mean, how do I explain this? It's, it's, it's about being proactive. And it's about uh, promoting a responsible handling of the data. So when you have somebody that says, hey, I have this cool data set, look at this, let's, let's use it. You have to temper and curb that enthusiasm and okay let's try to do a legal review and let's try to go to a data privacy uh, assessment and let's see if this tool that provides the data is really something that uh, we we can use and it's not always a fun conversation because you are perceived as a a blocker Um, but i think if you position yourself as uh, as a leader who prioritizes the ethical use of data i think long term you will gain that trust in the organization so you'll get less of a push and more of a ask for guidance. Do you have
0: any best practices on navigating some of that friction, you know, when it arises? I mean, you have now long experience and probably having been through a lot of those, both when you were probably, uh, you know, at lower levels of the organization, now you're in a leadership position any any best tools on how to make sure that you effectively navigate that friction and maybe even turn it to your advantage?
1: Yes, and I think this is not necessarily about tools in in a sense of uh, uh, technical tools. It's building the right operating model. I mean, I'm very grateful we have an amazing company with amazing people, and uh, our partnership with areas. Uh, like legal and privacy um, is uh, absolutely amazing. We have amazing uh, an amazing group there that's uh, really coaching and guiding us through um, the local regulations. Um, and uh, it's how you build your interlocks of, of data. Um, data analytics, it's uh, it's not floating, it's really uh, uh, in a very clear interlocking organization. So I work very, very closely Tied to the hip with our IT organization, and I want to make sure I um, uh, comply to all the IT uh, governance, um, and um, that creates a, an incredible synergy between the teams. Like you know, I hear other analytics leaders uh, saying IT is slow. IT, IT. I have one of the you know the best experience with IT, and they are driver. they, they are we are partnering very, very closely together and also with the business. Um, So we stay very close together. Um, We discuss about the outputs of uh, um, our um, analytics uh, efforts, whether it's insights, personalization, activation, self-serve, et cetera, et cetera. So I think my only guidance is not tools as in technical tools, but build the right operating model Build the right interlocks um, and uh, ensure you um, y- you educate people, you advocate for ethical use of data, um, and um, that's uh, that's a huge win. Hmm.
0: And then I think we will have to land the plane in a minute. Uh, but as a final word of advice for aspiring data leaders so if you look at you know data scientists analysts who really want to make it in the profession who want to capitalize on that opportunity of being in the sexiest profession of the 21st century as it's often said uh, what would you recommend them to focus on in their professional development so what kind of skills they should invest in what kind of postures they should assume to really make the most of this uh, exciting couple of decades that are ahead of us
1: that's a good, uh, that's a very good question uh, and challenging question. Um, I think every day you should wake up thinking, how can I make a difference? How do I build a data-driven culture in this company? You wake up with that mindset and uh, um, I think that's, uh, that's your start. And uh, um, always uh, uh, make sure you are aligned with the business objectives data most of the time building a model building a dashboard is 20 percent of the work 80 percent is really embedding it into the organization embedding it into the ways of working of other departments so you've got to push that hard so align with your business uh, objectives make sure you have a very good engagement with your stakeholders you know have one-on-ones have uh, touch points with uh, executives uh, across all areas not only your peers or your superiors. Uh, you know, I meet with uh, uh, people. I, I Every time I travel and I go to the hotel, I talk to the front desk person to see their pain points and, you know, what do they feel when they check in a guest and how can we improve that experience so we can actually collect better data? So, you know, foster those relationships and improve your stakeholder engagement. Um, collaboration and learn how to work in an agile, cross-functional, manner because you know companies are not built anymore as a huge hierarchy um there's a lot of flat organization and learning how to work cross-functionally is is critical um improve your communication um continue your learning education is critical not only for yourself but for your teams as well um and last but not least uh, i think uh, continue being an agent of change change management is is important and uh, um, work very closely with your business transformation teams work very closely with your operations teams Uh, identify proactively your uh, barriers like identify what can like who's gonna be resistant to this idea and work that muscle work that person until you make the presentation if you present a new idea in a boardroom, it should be a checkbox. You shouldn't have anyone saying, this is uh, the worst idea possible. So you gotta work those relationships and you gotta push really hard on change um, management. And that means actively engage, listen to people's concerns, uh, communicate very clearly about the benefits and also don't hide potential implications because you might create more work on some uh, people's uh, 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 portfolio. So I think I you know if I can close this, if you manage your the change effectively, um, there will be less resistance and full adoption. So y- your job is almost complete because, you're passing the output of the analytics products to other teams, and now they're running with it. You don't have to constantly knock on on doors that are seem to be locked. You have everyone else really fighting for you and for your um, for your work.
0: No, well, I think this is like the perfect note to finish on, and I think we will land the plane right on the dot. Fantastic insights. Thank you very much, Alex. We appreciate you, and uh, we hope to continue our collaboration. Maybe one of the future face-to-face member touch points, member events will be in the four seasons, who knows?
1: Uh... Absolutely, let's try that. Let's try that and really thank you for the opportunity and uh, uh, talk to you soon, Laszlo, thank you. This was great.